Hello, everybody. Welcome to our special episode for this week of Welcome to the Anime Room. So welcome back. Joining me today is my co-host, Rudy. No, no Michael this time, but we decided we were going to give you an extra episode this week, a special extended edition director's cut on Rudy has questions, so we, we were looking at other things to do, but you, you told me that you had finally uh, sat down, th- thought everything through, kind of collected your thoughts, and you, you had some questions you couldn't think of about my top 20 anime list, so we're, we're going to address all of those questions tonight. Yes, it's about time. Um, you know, we sat on this a few days now. Um, you know, I was thinking that I was gonna be the one with the shocking top twenty, but Josh, yours hit me in ways that I don't understand. And I am, I am more than happy to uh, help you to understand the the ways that you don't understand. I I kind of figured it would. That's why I kept telling you and Michael, hey, just prepare yourselves, because it's not going to look like what you well, thought it was going to look well, like. what's funny is, it's not the shows that you chose. It was more of the range and area that you put them. Like, I think for me, which was funny, because in our top 20 animes that we chose, six of them was in common. Yes. But what was funny was how they were arranged in our list. Like, my honorable mention was Trigun. Didn't put it in my top 20, but it was hard to knock out a few. Whereas for you, Trigun for you, if I'm not mistaken, it broke your top 10? No, it, it wasn't. It, it, it was, I think, number 16. 16 like, I, I can pull it up right now. Uh, Trigun, Trigun was the 16th anime in my list, and my honorable mention was Bebop, which made it into your list. Yes. Which, I mean... Which those two, which we discussed off-air, they're naked yet. Um, and kind of just reverse yeah. main character personalities. That's why a lot of people either hate Trigun, love Bebop, or hate Bebop, love Trigun. But it was like watching... I'm not watching, but hearing that, it was like, you know, he chose one of the animes that I wanted to put so bad, but I feel like either a Bebop fan or a Trigun fan. Most people aren't both. No, most people aren't, but I mean, then there's people like me and you who we, we see why both are good, and we enjoy both. But it's hard to put them in the upper echelons of our list at the same time because they are vastly different in many ways. Trigun is a lot more just plain goofy in many ways with the serious undertones. Bebop is more cool and serious with goofy undertones. I mean, you look at you, you look at the main villains between the two, Knives and Vicious. Like, they're mirror images of each other. And then you look at Spike and uh, Spike and Vash, and they're reverse coins sides of each other. They're practically the same, but just completely reversed. 
So, I mean, it, it's why a lot of people can't get into one, but can get into the other. Now, I thought Trigun made it onto mine, personally, just because, whereas I do love Bebop, and I, I really do, but Trigun, to me, had more memorable moments overall, whereas Bebop had more memorable characters overall. You know, that's funny. I think, to me, it's the reverse. I think Bebop had the better character. Well, the more memorable characters to me. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, the characters from Bebop, because there, there's not a character you're not going to no, I'm, draw. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was thinking too. I think Bebop had the better story. I think Trigun, to me, the better characters. See, that... That's what I said. I that, that, that's definitely where the, the reverse sides come in. But, I mean, and like I said, the, the main reason I always found Bebop to have better characters is every character in Bebop had layers upon layers upon layers upon their character. And it was hard for some of them to shine in that show because of it. One of my favorite characters from Bebop is one of the more lackluster considered characters of the show, which is Jet Black. Let's see, I think, like, even with Jet Black, I think the story of Bebop is what makes the characters good or better. And, and I, I could agree with that to a certain extent. But, like, the the way that I see it is, um, to me, I will never forget the moments of Trigun. I will never forget, you know, them running into Vash and thinking he's this murderous outlaw, and then they find out he's literally just Goofball. Or, you know, the point of Vash deciding yeah i'm gonna scare an entire bandit hideout into thinking they're about to die because i don't want to actually fight them like the and the whole thing of like him versus knives and knives controlling people and him being like no i don't want to kill anybody like i know i might have to kill you but these are regular people you and i aren't regular people <laughs> and like that that's where those moments stood out more to me now granted i will say bebop had the overall greatest moment out of both of the shows because see you later space cowboy still haunts my dreams to this day I and i still cry my eyes out I think every time anime touches. that episode touches different and it should it, it should. really should because that was that, that was the best goodbye i think i have ever seen in anime and it's also the one that made me always wonder, like, but could he have survived? And I know he couldn't have. But that one line makes me say, but what if you did? And it, it is why it's the most heart-wrenching thing in the world to me. So, I mean, th- that's kind of where that one came from. But, but yeah, that one threw me off. And I think the main... Another main one that kind of like took me by hellacious surprise was the lack thereof or the rank of gun. I think that one shook me different because me and you have been probably like almost a year now of knowing each other and then speaking on different like anime subjects of favorite anime or I know Gundam holds a good place 
in your life and then to see it ranked low or not I really thought it will be in the top three to be honest and then once you got some like in the, the team range and you said one of the eras of Gundam and I was like wow like that that took me like I mean by surprise Gundam no matter what was always going to be in my top 10 but the thing is, upon going back, and I'm still going back through, so it's it's possible my list might change even more. Going back through the many years of anime that I've been watching and just remembering the shows, Gundam has been a very near and dear thing to my heart and has been a very serious, um, I mean extremely, extremely serious lifestyle to me. I love building them. I love watching it. I think that every Gundam has lessons to learn. But the thing is, when I set out to do this list, I I wanted to build the list based off of the criteria that I had of most memorable characters, most memorable moments, best life stories, best morals of the stories, music direction, art direction. But the one thing I wanted to omit, because I wanted to not have any bias at all, and it was the hardest thing in the world to admit for me, was nostalgia. And Gundam, I realized, while it will always be in my top ten, and it might move up my list some as I go back through all of these shows. The reason it only broke the top 10 was because a lot of the Gundams that I love were nostalgia. Because I see problems with the show. Save for some of the very early ones. Like Gundam, Zeta, Double Zeta. And I would go as far as say Unicorn, I think, followed very well with those. Um, Unicorn, though, I still see problems with more of ideals but not the answers to back them up which was where it fell short but like stuff like Zeta where it was showing that ideals and fanaticism are not always a good thing sometimes it is but only in the right way like a lot of people you know look at the word fanatic these days as inherently evil but like as a man of of faith myself I do say being fanatic in the right way is good when you're looking at religion being fanatic is good in the right way when you look at nationalism and being fanatic is always a good thing if you are on the right side of a moral compass and Zeta showed me that because Zeta showed me that this Earth Federation that by the end of the first series you're rooting for the moment the wrong fanatics took over they instantly became the bad guys But then you saw the fanatics like Amuro Ray and his crew and, you know, 
all of them that fight and like Camille who wanted to follow in Amuro Ray's footsteps and even in Zeta I, I will go as far as to defend this with my dying breath Char Aznable in Zeta I do feel like was a good guy a lot of people think that I am wrong for that but like if you look at it he sat there and said no Neo Zeon is wrong and is fighting for all the wrong reasons but the Earth Federation is just as corrupt as I always saw it as. So I'll fight with you instead. And he went against both of them. Now we also, uh, also something that's been on my heart heavy after there are 20 picks. And then I can let you grill me for some answers too. But I think the one that also got me between us, you as a fellow 90s chap, you didn't choose the dragon and i just want to know now don't get me wrong i'm not a basic anime fanboy i know there are way better or way yeah i'll say way better way better animes there's more storytelling animes but for at least the past 25 years Dragon Ball has at least been like the staple or the the template that most current animes follow. So I just want to know. And I, I agree with that. Not make I I agree with that. And like I've said, you know, like I said that night, Dragon Ball would definitely be definitely be in my top 100. Probably would be in my top 50. Maybe even in my top 30. I would have to sit down and really think about it. But so what what made it so I'm just on that miracle, what made it not crack the top twenty? Dragon Ball is a very nostalgic show for me. And the reason why is because Dragon Ball is the granddaddy original blueprint for a battle shonen. But man, let's just sit down and think about this for a second <laughs> dragon ball the original held so little story value well let, let's look at all of it other than king demon king piccolo demon king piccolo aside let's look at their first thing well, i think it i think original dragon ball i think it told the stories it needed to tell it did but it it's the basis it needed to but its story was not as like super in deep depth as most of the other picks I had. Like, all right, so first arc of Dragon Ball is, hey, kid, you're strong. Come with me to find these magical wish-granting balls, and we're going to summon a dragon to get our wish granted. And what is the wish that was wished for? Bulma's panties. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to sit here and defend... Dragon Ball on some of its choice worthy episodes or segments or whatever but I will say that for anybody I always say it has to crack the top 20 see and that that was always my thought as well but sitting there and being like okay Dragon Ball the tournament arcs weren't bad 
the Demon King Piccolo fight wasn't that bad. Other than that, it was a little rough. So I, I sat say, there and I was like, okay, so maybe Dragon Ball Z can crack my top 20. Well, I would say the Z. I would say original Dragon Ball. A little bit all over the place. Yeah. Because it had basically like four occurring storylines at one time. Basically, you had like Goku's here on Earth. He's trying to become a great fighter when he's befriending Krillin. Then they fighting Red Ribbon. And that's the other one that I keep forgetting about. Because I'm going to be honest with you. After Dragon Ball, Red Ribbon becomes a joke. And it is so hard to remember them. And that upsets me. Because Red Ribbon originally... Man, let me just tell you. R.A.L. should have been their go-to fighter. R.A.L. could probably still beat Goku. Well, let's backtrack. Because if you really think about it... The Red Ribbon still holds a place in Z because the information that they gathered through that time was some of the base work for sale. Which is also true, but again, this is the saga that a lot of people consider should have been the last saga. Which it should have been. And I, also, it is the one that held so many loopholes and plot holes. It was very difficult to follow. I don't think sales... I don't think the sales saga was that hard to follow. I really think it was kind of concrete. Like, I mean, it was concrete in many ways, but had, like, trying to explain Cell was I like... Think, I think Cell's easiest one. They had to find the Dragon Balls to get Goku back. Well, that was that's basically one of the stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's then, always a thing. Basically, I would say it's easy to explain to like a non-fan that basically when Goku was little, he thought he you know, a group called the Red Ribbon. And then as time progressed, they built a super, super villain with information of Goku's past and present and slight future and with anybody else he has came in contact with. And he has the perfect fight mood for Goku. Like, he knows basically anything Goku does. And, and that's, that's the thing, where you start going down that rabbit hole of like, okay, so how strong is Cell? And also, the only plot hole I ever would say from that saga that I always wish had been addressed. How is how was Cell not unbeatable? He had Frieza's DNA, King Cold's DNA, all of the Z fighters, Goku's, Vegeta's, battle debt and data from the Saiyans on their first arrival, which means at least battle data from Nappa, if not DNA from Nappa. Like, then Piccolo's, you know, like, you, you keep going, and even analyzing future Gohan, future, well, the, the end of future Goku, and then future Vegeta, and, like, so he got all of the data from the stronger versions of these guys. No, he got the data. I don't think it's necessarily the stronger, because let's think about it. There's untapped potential in most of these people. He is, he just got their basic ass levels of fighting. I but, mean, granted, the only thing he didn't get was, that, that was stronger at that time was Super Vegeta Super Trunks. Because they trained in the past, obviously. And, but he was able to beat their tails easily because they were too slow. 
Yeah, and they was not as plotting or committed to their craft as Goku. And then, you know, even Goku sat there and was like, I could probably beat you, but Gohan is stronger. And I feel like the only reason Gohan technically could win that fight was Super Saiyan 2, which at the time, overhyped. Like, super overhyped. Everybody loved when Super Saiyan 2 showed up. But, like, it also seemingly came out of nowhere because it was admitted by Goku, yeah, I have another form, but it's too bulky. So he got to Super. He became Super Goku. So how is it that Gohan, and this is where the stereotypical thing that has been repeated ever since then, that half Saiyans are stronger than Saiyans. That made no sense whatsoever, and nobody has ever fully explained it. Well, see, I think I think this may not be true. I think it works that way because they have another gene pool to leech on and get stronger from. I mean, I could kind of understand that, like, but like it, humans, like this happens in real life. Like if one fruit, for example gets involved or grows in another patch of another fruit they i.e. become a super fruit and that is true but like it's, it's the same with humans and, I mean, it's, it's the same with anything breeds of animals oh no i'm just saying humans in dragon ball because like let's look at let's look at the humans that actually now, i'm not gonna say embody this well i'm not gonna have... say the humans in dragon ball to help this analogy. That, that's kind of my but, point, because, like, the only ones I can think of that help your point is you have Krillin, mm-hmm. but Krillin is always, like, the weakest link other than Yamcha. Then you have Roshi. Now, Roshi's not a bad example of this. He's not. But... Because Roshi actually became the world's strongest mm-hmm. until the Saiyan showed up. And then he was kind of screwed out of that title, because... These people had tails and could turn into giant monkeys. He wasn't competing with that. But, like, so, okay, from the Roshi perspective, I could kind of understand that. Now, the only other thing I can kind of give is I guess technically Chi Chi is half Ox King. So, so pulling from the Ox King part, I could see that. But now we got to talk about Bulma and Vegeta. How does Trunks become better than Vegeta when, like, Bulma has no power? Power, no. Well, okay, my capacity. Bulma's one of the smartest people in the realm of Dragon Ball. Now, I could understand if they explained it as he's just smarter than Vegeta. I mean, but like, like, smartness also comes with fighting. Trunks has the knowledge just from his mom being a whole ass scientist and his dad being one of the strongest beings in the world. His dad, even from the beginning, was not that bright. Yeah. Strong as hell, yeah. but not bright. Bulma, super intelligent, doesn't have to fight. When you mash that together, Trunks got the best of both personalities. And I, it happens. I, I, I can I can in a way agree with that. But like but it, it still boils down to the fact of looking through Dragon Ball Z, I just couldn't see anything there that broke it into, you know, my top 20 because I just, I saw too many issues with each of the arcs and I was like, I didn't really come away as impacted outside of nostalgia and just 
ooing and aahing, aahing over the fights because, granted, Dragon Ball has some great fight choreography. Fantastic. That's what it's meant for. So I was like, okay, so I can't get Dragon Ball. I can't get Dragon Ball Z. So my last hope was Super because we're not touching GT. Whoa, we're not touching Super See, now I, I gave Super the chance because I was like, okay, Super actually expanded a lot on story and actually started telling a story a lot better. Had better arcs even in many ways. The Goku Black arc, a little bit weak. Tournament of Power, though, I legit actually thoroughly enjoyed that arc. Tournament of Power was a great arc to watch and experience. But everything before and a little bit after See, I wouldn't go that far because I did actually like the revival of Frieza art. And no, the... see, okay, that, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm getting both arcs or both errors, maybe confused. But when I think it's like when they go to hell and a certain like villains like Frieza and Cell and the other Boo, that's when it starts becoming too much. See, I think you're remembering GT more because uh, is that, that GT? GT is the one where all of them come back from hell. Okay. Um, now, they do go to hell to get Frieza for the Tournament of Power, and he's, you know, tied up to a tree surrounded by fluffy, cute animals, because apparently that's hell for him. I still don't really understand that, because, like, I, I understand that, okay, I hate cute things, but man, like, he, he got put, he had to run the ones with a Super Saiyan and got his butt kicked so much that it was the worst suffering he had ever faced. Like, why not face something even stronger than that? Because you know King Yama could probably arrange that, at least as an illusion. What was that about? Like, that's what his hail would be because he's been out here destroying... If the strongest being I ever seen destroy planets, I'm pretty sure his pet peeve would be something cute and bubbly. I mean, I I can understand it, but it still just bothers me a little bit. But like, and like I said, so I looked at Super and I was like, okay, Super, really great moments, really great music, art direction. They really picked up on their choreography. But again, it all came down to really good fights and nostalgia and I just out of every show I had on that list none of them were because of good fights or nostalgia the closest thing to it was the choreography and art direction of Demon Slayer and even that it was more because of those moments than it was nostalgia feeling because Demon Slayer was more of a breath of fresh air. So, I mean, that's why it just didn't crack the top 20. Because when I think of my top 20, I think of the shows that are constantly imp- like impressioning themselves upon me. So I'm thinking shows that I know for a fact that I'm carrying something with me. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. Berserk was closer to being on that list than Dragon Ball was. And the only reason Berserk didn't make that list is the love-hate relationship I have with it because I love everything about Berserk except for the assault things, which I think are not necessary. 
Now, granted, I know why Kentaro Mira chose to put it in there. For the most part. Uh, now, Griffith's assault on Casca, I still don't understand. I, a lot of people have tried to defend that to me, and they were like, well, it, it really makes sense for his part of the story. And I'm like, no, it really didn't. That was just pettiness, and that was unnecessary. But, like, I understand the idea that Kentaro Mira wanted to relate that if humans were left to their own devices and there was no higher power, there was no god, there was no power to answer to, they would be the scum of the earth. And I agree with that. I truly do. I think that power and authority is necessary. That's the only reason why anything good can come out of the world. Because there's something to answer to. Whatever you believe in. But... The issue is, and you know, even for people who don't believe it, there very well likely is going to be a higher power you answer to one day. And that is why I think he put it in there, but it still weighs so heavy on me to be able to recommend that show to somebody. And that's the other thing. Like, can I recommend every show from my top 20 list? Yeah, Whole, wholeheartedly. And I can give every reason why. But um, we are going to take a short break, come back with Rudy's final questions, and we will settle his heart and mind on this issue, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So we will be right back. All right. Welcome back from our break. So, Rudy, I, I have um, settled your concerns on Trigun and Dragon Ball and Gundam. So, I, I feel like you have other concerns. Well, not more or less concerns. It was more or less like the love thing that we harassed Michael for. I felt like sort of a hypocrite looking at the list we had and then I was like, None of the, the OGs was even in the top ten. Uh, no, that's not true. I think One, One Piece was there. One Code Geass was there. Well, Zeta I, Gundam was there. Well, see, and I, other than Zeta Gundam, I don't put like Code Geass in the same like upper echelon as I would like. I mean, Bleach was there too. So I mean, I had OGs there. It's just. It's just it wasn't all OGs, and that 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 was the that was the breath of fresh air that I was talking about there. I do think some of the younger anime, some of the new and upcoming stuff, I do think it's doing really well, and I think that it is something that we need to pay attention to because, like you and I, we're always going to remember the originals, and we're always going to have love for those. But I don't want to discount these these new ones because they are getting just as good. They're starting a new wave of anime renaissance in my eyes. I mean, like, Tokyo Ghoul was from 2011 or 2012, something like that. And as I said, it was one of the most compelling stories I've ever watched. Including when you actually rewatch it under the mindset that this is a romance. It's something a lot of people don't think about, but in a way it was. And because of that, 
I feel like it needed that recognition. Um, you know, Eric Fioretta, I know you haven't started watching it yet. Good luck when you do. Um, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see exactly why Michael likes it very quickly. Oh, my God. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> we miss him on this episode, but we, it, 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 it's okay. We, we'll uh, we'll make up for it on the next episode. We will. But, no, I mean, that, that, that was really it for what I had to touch on. Everything about your list was... I, I was kind of waiting to see what you were going to ask about that number one spot because that number one spot seemed to be what pulled the rug out from under you. Well, it did at first, but then as I sat and thought about some of your your other episodes, you, I mean episodes, but your other shows you listed and everything, and the number the number one spot was not it wasn't as questionable anymore. See, the thing is, the philosophy behind that, number one, is honestly the main reason it was there. Mm. Like, which I know the follow-up question is going to be, so where was Ghost in the Shell? Well, actually, no, because you're not Michael. And I think Ghost in the Shell, I think one have not made your top 20. It actually came very close. Because again, Ghost in the Shell still affects me to this day because it asked the major question that most shows are scared to ask. What makes a human a human? And it really actually got close to the answer. It didn't say it outright, but it practically spelled out the only thing that sets us apart from everything else is our soul. Which is the only thing that constantly transferred when people got robot bodies in that universe. Was their souls. And, I mean, granted, I had... Well, I didn't do it. I attempted to stop friends of mine from watching it too early. Because it, it is a very... You need to be a seasoned anime veteran if you're going to sit down and watch Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I... And you also need to be a philosophy major. Because, I mean, you, you got to be able to critically think and actually understand what it's saying. This man, I told him, don't watch it. Because... Well, there's only a few episodes of Ghost in the Shell. What scene? Oh, no, he, he started with the movies. Not the episodes. Oh, he needs to be here for an intervention. Man, I, I wish I still had contact with him because he really did need an intervention. He saw them at Walmart one day and he was like, I have heard so much about this. And I these movies are only $5. I want to get them. And I looked him dead in the eye and said, do not get those films. Because if you do and you watch them with how you are, as well as where you are in your anime walk, you will have an existential crisis. He didn't get them that day, but then, like, he came over to my house about a week, week and a half later, and he was like, why didn't you stop me? I'm like, why didn't I stop you from what? And he was like, I sat down and watched every Ghost in the Shell movie. I'm like, I actually tried to stop you. I legit, I, I specifically said, do not do the thing that you have now done. Don't Look, he he was asking he was asking all of us if he should watch it because he knew that most of that group had watched it, and I was the only one 
Like, the rest of them didn't say anything. Because I don't think they wanted to tell them to watch it because they knew what I already was saying. But, like, I was just being blunt with them. I was like, look, A, you overthink things anyways. B, you're not overly great at philosophy and you give yourself existential crises anyways. And C, you're about to watch the one show that gives people existential crises just by looking at the synopsis of an episode. But the movies were a hundred times worse because the movies introduced the villains that really, really mattered and really made you question things like the laughing man or the puppet master. These villains made you really question what does it mean to be a human? And man, they never give you the answer either. <laughs> they sit there and they're like, I know what it means to be human, but I'm not going to tell they you. They don't tell nobody nothing. And it's like, <laughs> they pondered and thought about this for the longest time. They could have got this information and answers from someone else. Exactly. They really could have. Like, it, it's that. And I, I do draw the parallel to another one that the reason it will never make my top 20 is because it has gone on longer than it needed. I, I compared a little bit to Psychopaths. Psychopaths. Here's the thing. Psychopaths should have ended after season one. I don't know if you've ever sat down and watched it. If you haven't, I highly recommend watching season one and then never watch anything else of it. That good? Or no, it's not that it's that confusing. It is, um, there's a villain. It, it, okay, no, knowing that me and you are close in age, I know you've sat down and watched Minority Report at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. Psychopath is the anime version of Minority Report, but rather than predicting crimes by reading people's minds, It predicts crimes by reading their psychological values called their psychopaths. It does it through this gun that when it reads a certain level of a psychopath, it allows the cop to then terminate the target because they will commit a violent or dangerous crime. The main villain of Psychopaths' first season is Shoujo Makashima. He is the only reason you watch that show period because this man i don't want to spoil too terribly much of it but th- 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 this is this is a good ex- this is a good example of why you watch it he wanted to prove that the psychopath system did not work so at this point cops only use the psychopath gun he throws a old school shotgun to a cop has a woman taped to a balcony in downtown she is screaming and begging for her life he looks at the cop and he says all right girly i'm gonna give you a chance to stop me you can either rely on that bullshit of a system that you believe in or you can pick up that gun like a real woman and you can put an end to my reign of terror right now she holds the gun up and starts reading his psychopaths. He pulls out a razor and starts to systematically cut and kill this woman in front of this cop. And you know what? Success. The psychopath never raises above zero. He should. 
<laughs> well, no. So the the thing is, it was supposed to raise because it's supposed to read that he is planning to do a violent, horrible crime. <laughs> he literally murders a woman in front of this girl. She watches this happen, but it never raises a bit. This is why you need to watch this show because it, it it raises it raises the question of is it really a possible or b right to predict when someone is planning to do a crime? I can't watch it because the the predicting the crime is what's the. Well, that's the thing. That's why you watch it because Shoujo, Shoujo Makashima shows why Minority Report is bullshit. I can't disagree. Like you watch the show for Shoujo Makashima. Now I will tell you, Shoujo Makashima only has a major role in the first season. That's it. So at the end of the first season, the show ends for me. It has gotten a season two, a season three, and it just got a movie. Yeah. And no, it doesn't need the movie because here's the thing. Well, season three hasn't even come out yet. The movie is the bridge between season two and season three. The movie supposedly sheds light on the psychopath system. You don't need to. Shoujo Makashima already showed me it's bullshit. Like so, I always recommend watch Psychopath, but only watch the first season because after Shoujo Makashima makes exit stage right, there is no need to watch the show anymore. Like everything you need to know was in that first season. And I, I absolutely hate that it is still going on because it is, it is the very symbol of a conversation me and you have had before, where you have said that certain things don't need more than two films. They don't, and I'm being so real, like certain shows don't need more than one season. No, okay, so okay, it depends on the show. No, it definitely depends on the show because I mean, like stuff like Dragon Ball, it still continues on. It's a decent story. Stuff like Bleach, it continues on. Good story. Stuff like One Piece, a lot of setup, but fantastic story. But then you get to stuff like Psychopaths, where everything you needed to know was in that one season. Yeah. So why are you continuing the show? Well, it's but like at least the anime deserves. It. I don't care. It's just like I wouldn't go any anime. There are a lot that one season was just enough. Now there are some that I absolutely do agree with you, and I do hope that one day they get picked back up again. But like, let let's be honest. We've all seen that season two of that one show that we sat there and we were like, "What was the point of this season other than to see if you could drum up interest again?" Because <laughs> like. <sighs> Obviously, there was no point to this season. You just rehashed the first season, but not as good. Like, and we've we've all had that one show. We have all had that one show. For me, it is Psychopaths. I mean, I have a couple other ones, but for me, primarily, it is Psychopaths. And I mean, there's always going to be that one that we're like, yeah, it only needs one season. And there's also some anime films that I think only needs one film. Yeah, I can tolerate two seasons. I can't tolerate a season. And 
See, now here's the thing. There's one that I would say goes against the I can't tolerate it. No Game, No Life still deserves a second season. To this day. Wasn't on my top 20, but there's also a reason for that. It got dropped way too soon, and I am very upset. And I just, I can't put it up there without seeing how far Sora and Shiro could really go. It got us. It got a film that was a prequel, which is fine. I was okay with the prequel film. It wasn't bad. It was supposed to have a second season. Where is the second season? Because it doesn't exist. And man, that show had some unnecessary parts, but man, it for the most part hit hard. The, the level of conniving with these guys may, would make Lelouch v. Britannia blush. The planning was immaculate. But again, like, as good as, as much praise as I'm giving this, it just it couldn't make the top 20 for me because there were things that did it better. Like, I think Black Clover still needs to continue. They need to finish it. Like, as soon as the manga's done, which will probably be within the better part of a year, if not by the end of this year, they need to pick up on that anime again. So, I would say that, but I honestly think that Black Clover's manga is going to have an ending that is going to be fantastic enough. It should be animated. Yes. As someone who's currently keeping up with the manga, oh, absolutely. If Naruto could get finished, Black Clover definitely needs to get finished. Because Black Clover picks up on spots that Naruto never did. Like, Naruto didn't make my top 20. And I'm going to be very bluntly honest with why right now. Naruto had a fatal flaw. How many villains that deserved to die died in that show? That's the fatal flaw. There were so many people that did horrible, horrendous things for no reason or for misunderstood reasons. And then Naruto just is like, hey, it's not too late. We can be friends. And then bam, they were friends. I I, I can't see it. Sometimes justice is necessary. Sometimes judgment must be passed. And sometimes that means taking out your villains. So, that was the fatal flaw for me. I mean, a lot of people don't agree with me on that, but, I mean, yes, everybody deserves a second chance, but a 40-second chance, sometimes that's a little much. I mean, there's there's the old saying, you know, that... um, how many times should I forgive somebody? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. In other words, as many times as it takes. But here's the thing. There's a caveat to that. Um, there has to be a sincerity behind wanting forgiveness. And some of these villains in Naruto didn't have that sincerity. Look, Madara should have been put down hard. Thank you. <laughs> Madara should have been put down 
hard. I don't care how many times he asked for forgiveness. This man was never going to change. And, and I know that he wanted to do this for peace, but there is such a thing as peace not through violence. Man, peace through violence was his mantra. Like, there needed to be a point where you said stop. They didn't say stop. But yeah, so I mean, like I said, there there are caveats to everything that I have or have omitted. And it, it was tough calls. It really was. I don't want you to think that I can easily bat the old anime aside because the new anime are just better in my eyes. They always hold a special place in my heart. And I think that um, once we hit a little bit higher in our viewership, I think all of us should do our top 100 for anime characters and when that you, list comes out you know what everybody i think a top character list has to be. oh it will it definitely will we'll, we'll wait uh we'll do it for a for a big celebration and we'll do all three of us doing a top 100 and i think that when we do that i think you'll see that the old anime do mean a lot to me because that's where that's going to shine a little bit more because while a lot of the newer stuff does hit me a little bit harder with some of the things they're doing right now man those old characters do not leave me and they never will and that because like you you mentioned it uh, a little bit you were shocked that JoJo's didn't make my top 20 list yeah that, that was I just know I don't see JoJo. Especially when you hyped up that past season they're on now when you watch it. Uh, are, are you talking about Stone yeah. Ocean or are you talking about the one that I told you to go back and watch for Diamond Doesn't Breakable? That's what I was about to say because the Diamond is Unbreakable is the one that if you're talking about the dude that told you had a stand that was bombs that's Diamond is Unbreakable which is season 4 and man yeah now, um I'll tell you, season four has some of my favorite characters of all time. It's okay, Rudy. He His dream is much like your own. He wants to subsist just like a plant. Carefree and without burden. I will never forget that for as long as I live. but well everybody so i have seemingly set rudy's concerns aside i hope that you have all enjoyed our special event episode this week thank you and we will definitely be back this weekend with a couple more fun episodes and while we have mentioned it before Yes, this upcoming week's episodes will finally include the thrilling edge of your seat, waiting to see what happens moment that we call the cops on Michael. Considering I take care of myself and each other, I'm not <laughs> It'll be okay, Rudy. We'll make it through it. No, we, won't. <laughs> we will. It'll just be another fun day of harassing Michael. It will. 
Yeah, about 250. That's so forward. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next time in the anime room. <laughs> <laughs>